All right. We are rolling. Niali, this is fun for me because uh, we talked a little bit before we got on camera here. And uh, I don't know. We just met through social media. Not all social media is bad and evil. And uh, we met. And, um, you know, so here we are. I know you you uh, have gone through a lot personally. So why don't you just first tell everybody a little bit about you, Niali. Go ahead. Bless you. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much. And uh, I'm delighted to, to share my story as I relate to my own challenges as more collective uh, and less personal in nature. And I see my experiences as opportunities to really be of service to the collective education, empowerment and, and um, evolution of people everywhere. And and I also want to thank you, Jonathan and Helene and your contributors uh, for your great work and the tremendous value that you provide because it's made such such a difference. I cannot begin. Well, I am about to begin actually to share <laughs> the kind of difference it's making. So um, I'd like to sh start with um, with where I am with where I am now in terms of sharing my story. So where I am now is that I feel uh, I feel healthy. I feel grateful. I'm feeling restored. And I separate that word as in re and stored very intentionally. Um, I feel excited and I feel radiant. Uh, I also feel um, enabled, very enabled and empowered by the results I'm getting. Um, I'm experiencing a sense of clarity throughout that I haven't felt for years, including that I don't have brain fog. My vision has improved. Uh, I have much more energy than I had. Various pains have gone. Pains that I've had for years, debilitating pain that I, and distressing actually as well, have gone. I'm sleeping better generally. Uh, my digestion is improved. My skin is incredible and it's smooth and glowing. And it's why I'm wearing this today because I, I think that Actions speak louder than words, and body language is a very powerful, a very powerful medium for communication. And and I think you can actually just see that my skin and and everything, other than wearing some lipstick, I think I'm glowing, honestly. And and I think that's very reflective of um, what's going on in the inside of me. And I look and feel better than I have for decades. And the key piece to all of this is that it's been in less than three months. And I have a lovely story that I'd like to share about my nail, this fingernail, uh, which from your course, I understand is related to the liver. Now, what I read was that it's actually the third toe, but I've had Raynaud's syndrome all my, well, most of my life, as far as back as I can remember, and it's always been in these fingers. And so this nail has been damaged and I never knew that it could be related to my liver until I read your course, which is fascinating and all sorts of other things. Um, anyway, the nail was cracked from the root to the top of the nail and I had to keep my nail cut very short because otherwise the split right down the center of the nail would catch on fabric and clothing and blankets and it would rip and right up into the bed of the nail. 
and also the nail was detached, separated from the bed. And I, th I think that probably had something as well to do with not only my liver, but the lack of circulation going on. Um, but I unconsciously believed it to be a permanent damage that I had to live with. Um, and in less than three months, my nail has completely, completely healed. And I love and celebrate this fact and how absolutely normal it looks now. And it has me feel deeply empowered and excited that my healing is truly systemic. So from the inside out um, and encouraged about what else might be possible. So and another exciting and un unexpected, really awe-inspiring result is the halting and progression. The halting is halting the progression of uh, skin cancer on my face and even healing it. And this is something that I started dealing with myself um, two, three years ago, actually. I went to the doctors. I saw two different doctors and I asked them both to do biopsies to send me to the dermatologist to, to, and both of them sent me away and said come back when it's bigger and I'm thinking <laughs> I won't tell you what I what I thought actually no but actually what you're talking about is so common that conventionally speaking if there's not a problem what do you want me to do for you that's basically what you're saying yeah yeah and in fact one exactly and one of the doctors even said if everybody who came in here with a blemish, if I referred everybody who came in here with a blemish or a freckle to a dermatologist, the NHS would be out of business. Right. I, I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. Anyway, as a result of which I went away and I and I thought I'm going to research, research this myself and deal with this myself. And I did. And it was much bigger than I had imagined. But... Um, this last winter, so the results and the healing has been incredible. Um, I think if I just lean forward, I don't know if you can see, but there's very little scarring on my forehead, very little scarring, and my whole forehead was absolutely covered. Yeah, it looks, it looks great. Yeah, thank you. And I, I, there was one area that I treated that I treated it twice, um, and from the research that I was doing and with the with the products that I was using, products they were not they were not pharmaceutical products, they were home products, if you like, or alternatives, alternative complementary sort of products, herbal herbal things. Um, Can you describe a little bit what they were? Um, well, the one, yeah, sure. The one was. Um, the one was black salve, which is an Australian mix of herbs with one primary, uh, with one of the primary ingredients called uh, bloodroot. And it's black and it's a black fibrous paste. And what it does is you coat the area and um, I coated it further than the small, the very small area that I that I sensed it was, or that I felt it to be, and what it does is it only affects the affected. It only 
works on the affected area. So if you don't have cancer, it doesn't do anything on that area. And I found that my whole, my whole forehead, right across my whole forehead, was absolutely riddled with it, which was shocking because then my whole face swelled up. And I mean, I'll show you later. I've got photos I can show you later. It was, it was really shocking. But what I read along the way, so one of the, then, then what I also used was uh, CBD oil, like really high potency CBD oil. And I also used apple cider vinegar. Mm. Um, which was which might sound crazy, but it wasn't. It didn't sting. It was a phenomenally soothing, actually. Um, I don't think anybody in our audience thinks that it's crazy what you're saying. But absolutely, conventionally speaking, they would think you're you're nuts to handle cancer this way for sure. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so it was really deep, and part of what I learned was to do it in stages. And I did it, I treated the one particular area that was particularly deep, I treated it twice. And, um, and there was still cancer then underneath. So, so what results is something called an ESCAR, uh, E-S-C-H-A-R. And it's different than a scab. So if we cut ourselves, the body produces a scab that protects the inside from the outside, basically. Whereas an eschar is something that is the, the black salve causes the body's immune, uh, immune response. And I think the leukocytes, but I can't remember it because it's a little while ago. But it causes the body to rush to the area and push out the cancer, mm. basically, expel it. And so the diseased tissue that is pushed out is called the eschar. So it leaves after it's pushed out of the body after several weeks, it leaves something of a crater. And then, and then what I found was in this one particular area, it was still white underneath. So I knew that there was further to go. So I went, at, I, I did this one area again. And um, after that, there was still more. And I knew that if I went any deeper, it would eat into the base layer and possibly into the bone, which would then cause much more scarring. And we were beginning to go into spring. And I wanted to give my body time away from strong UV light to heal. And then they, and then they say, come back at it again another time. And so I had had so many other things going on with my health and my business and housing. I just couldn't address it. And then this winter, I started to feel the sting and the, and the prickle again. And I, I, I just, my heart just plummeted and it was consistent. And what I found is recently it has completely, completely gone away. And other areas on my forehead where I felt that it was have completely disappeared completely and eat and recently I went out walking and two days in a row I went out and I was a bit late so I didn't grab my peak cap and I found that even in the direct sun there was absolutely no sensation. Niali talk a little bit more about some of the other issues you had you talked about brain fog you know think about this alone because I've done the Alzheimer's and Dementia Summit and we've talked a lot about this older people who have brain fog right away the only thought that's ever talked about is, oops, you're slipping into dementia. 
you know, people joke about it, then it gets more serious, then it gets diagnosed, then game over, right? Because there's no cure. But you had brain fog very young. You know, there are things you can do to get out of a brain fog. It's not like you're in this incurable state of dementia. What'd you do with brain fog? What do you think caused it? And what'd you do to get out of that? Great question. So, um, I think where I'm going to go with this is, is to actually speak to some of the things that I have been doing that in the last three months that have directly impacted the brain fog directly. So when I was speaking about the things that I have been, um, so just referring back to my notes, talking about uh, the healing of my finger being systemic um, and from the inside out, um, and then the skin cancer. So, and that's been happening in under three months. So these things weren't happening in isolation. Uh, and the past six months, so I'll come back to your question, Jonathan, just kind of approaching it in a slightly different angle. So the past six months have seen me make major life changes and including my homing. So I've moved from lodging in two rooms in a very stressful environment to a beautiful secluded home, which is incredibly peaceful and restorative. One, um, I've been receiving coaching. Uh, primarily for dysfunctional eating patterns, unhealthy relationships with food, including healthy foods, so such as nuts and seeds, which are very high in fat, um, and uh, stress-inducing activities, which raise cortisol levels, and then impact insulin, the liver, so on. Um, I've been having counseling, which has helped me to de-stress. I have changed my diet, Although it was very healthy in the first place, it wasn't specific to what I needed to change for the liver. Um, I've created routines and rituals, including my morning drink, which is so um, revitalizing. Uh, and it's just, I was thinking about it this morning when I was doing some stretches um, and outside and I was just thinking about my morning routine and it's, my morning drink, uh, I make it in my Nutribullet and I just absolutely plow masses of herbs and vitamins and supplements into it. And this is the kind of thing you weren't doing for the most part before six months ago, is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, and then um, meditations. Um, I've massively invested in nutritional supplements, some of which I bought from yourselves as well. Um, I'm learning to sleep longer and better. And yeah. this is something that people have, I didn't until fairly recently, understand the value and the impact of sleep on brain fog. And we think that we can get away with less hours of sleep. And people say, and people joke and say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. But actually, if we don't sleep a certain amount of hours, we will be dead sooner. It's phenomenal, the impact. And for me, um, I didn't sleep well last night, 
And that had to do with dehydration yesterday. I ended up doing some things which were unexpected and mm -hmm. I ended up being more dehydrated. So then last night I had indigestion. So I've been awake since 20 past three this morning. No, that's interesting. You know, even when you're saying people's sleep is disturbed by eating too late, having too much sugar, the list goes on and on. People think, wow, my sleep is off. They don't realize it was simple habit things that they did the day before that the body just wakes up because it's disturbed. And it's great what you're saying. We should have a very restful sleep. I think so many people suffer without it that they've, you know, they don't even know what it feels like to have a really good night's sleep. It's, it's not, not a good situation. Uh, well, absolutely. And, um, I mean, one of the things that I've changed is simply, um, I don't drink after I tend to drink over a 12 hour period. And during that 12 hour period, I mean, I only calculated it today, actually, I was talking to somebody else this morning and I realized I only really drink for about 12 hours because mm. I then stopped drinking from about six or seven o'clock until about six in the morning. I don't drink at all because right. this then affects my bladder and it interrupts my sleep. It's as simple as that. So it means that I have to pack in a lot of hydration. I really need to hydrate myself during those hours that I'm awake. And it's great. Everybody's, everybody's nervous system is different. Everybody's volume is going to be different. But what you're saying is so perfect. People have to just realize they have to be sensitive to what is getting their body to wake up in the middle of the night. It could be aches and pains from something they ate, dehydration, just the body getting up saying, you know, you should drink water. But a lot of people don't recognize what is waking them up. But it's, it's important. Those organs need to rest and they have to be well nourished the day before or else you know, game over. Yeah, absolutely. And exactly. And also our, this sleep, our time of sleep is when most of our restoration happens. So if we're cutting our sleep short, we're sabotaging our, we're undermining our healing time in a nutshell. And this is absolutely critical. Um, and the, the better quality sleep I have, the more energy I have, the sharper my thinking is, um, the, the quicker I bounce back, all of that. So, um, Niali, I want to get to some more of the things that you went through because I know when we first met each other on social, you gave me a whole list. There was so much going on. Just kind of go through that for another couple minutes or so. There were a lot of things you were dealing with, right? Absolutely. Well, okay, so where I was... Um, I've had very serious health challenges for 13 years. And these challenges meant that even as little as six months ago, I couldn't even walk around the block due to severe joint pain, muscle wastage, and fatigue. And a week before I moved, a girlfriend reminded me the other day, she said, Niali, you couldn't even go downstairs. You were crying because you couldn't even walk downstairs. You were so weak. And she said, I was terrified for you. When you knew you were gonna move, she said, I thought this was gonna go really badly. And, and actually it's been an absolute lease of life for me, my new place. However, um, over so now I'm walking up to two hours a day, just to wow. into context, as wow. well as meditations and everything else I'm doing. But over the past three years, I have had countless tests, scans, hospital visits. I'm just having a check on the notes that I've made here, just as a reminder. Um, and none of which gave the correct diagnosis to the, the, the debilitating pain I had under my ribs on the right-hand side and this 
the scarring that I had across my diaphragm. And um, I kept telling doctors and medical professionals and consultants and the nurses that I believed that the issues were coming from my liver and they were telling me no and that I was mistaken. Right. But I persisted and I refused to take their diagnoses and their prescriptions because I knew they weren't addressing what I had and that they that these would also only add to the to the toxicity in my body, especially my poor liver, particularly my poor liver with medications and so on. Right. And when Western medical professionals aren't guards and they make assessments based upon their model of training, but which isn't the entire picture. And we know that the Western medical model is great for emergencies and for surgeries, but in my experience, it isn't for chronic and systemic conditions. And that's not to knock it, it's just where it works and where it doesn't, in my experience, my opinion. And so some of the symptoms that I've had included, so I've made a list here, um, constant exhausting pain under my ribs, the diaphragm scarring, worsening Raynaud's syndrome and circulation, nausea, constant nausea, indigestion, terrible stool issues, malnutrition, dizziness during and passing out after eating. I tell you what, I was terrified. Last summer, I was absolutely terrified. I lost a lot of weight. I went down to about 50 kilos. Uh, well, not about. I was 50 kilos and I'm five foot four. So it's quite small. It was wow. quite small. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what else? Uh, neuropathy in my third toes, really painful. Uh, deep muscle wasting in my thighs, particularly in my arms as well. Viral susceptibility, insomnia, blurred vision, inflamed and enlarged liver, inflamed gut and brain, which we know are directly connected. Uh, brain fog, impaired cognition. So the list really is endless and it goes on. Well, that's a huge thing already. The one thing you said about how brain fog is so directly connected to our intestinal tract. This is what most of conventional medicine is not talking to people nearly enough about. Something's wrong with your mental clarity. Let's look at your gut. We gotta do that more. People have to be thinking about that right away. Biome, sorting out the biome, fermented foods, uh, cutting out sugar, cutting out alcohol, lowering Wonderful. stress, lowering cortisol levels, uh, getting better sleep, all of that sort of stuff. Wonderful. So my intuition was that if I didn't make radical changes, given how fast I was losing weight and uncontrollably I was losing weight and my, and my systems were breaking down, right. I knew that my life could end a lot sooner than expected. And mm -hmm. I was genuinely, I was concerned. And earlier this year, I finally received correct diagnosis and confirmation of what I already believed, which is that I had... Uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and diverticulitis and so this diagnosis was very useful in that it enabled me to know what to look for to address it and with relief it was enormous relief I accepted the diagnosis but I believe any prognosis is only ever another person's opinion and that's right. all it ever is. And this is a fact that I live by across my life with every challenge, every issue, and every obstacle. And um, what I've learned about my liver, what I'm just, I'm just having a look here, what I've learned about my liver and the related symptoms, and this is critical as well, 
uh, I now seriously wonder whether this has been the cause of the ME, the chronic fatigue syndrome and the fibromyalgia that 13 years ago wiped out my life like a tsunami. And I believe that the damage to my liver began very early in my life. So before I was 10, with the familial stress and foods that I was having, and then in my teens, all of the unhealthy habits that I plunged into to try to anesthetize myself with. So physically and emotionally, which caused high cortisol levels, affecting insulin as well, which really assaulted my liver. And, and just this next bit here is, so how many of us have used food to numb ourselves, right? Sure. And there is scientific evidence that various highly processed foods can be insatiably addictive. Yep. And I don't use the word addictive lightly. And for decades, I've lived in a catch-22 situation where poverty caused illness in my life. And then the illness further exacerbated the poverty and a lack of domestic and residential security meant that between the ages of 19 and 39, I moved uncontrollably more than 43 times. Wow. Mostly which I didn't choose. Most of those were dictated to me by landlords or end of relationships or jobs ending or, and so couple this with unhealthy relationships and it's absolutely absolute recipe for disaster and disease mm. and stress like this creates high cortisol which for a liver is untenable for, even for a short while let alone for decades and um, this has damaged and this damaged and compromised my liver and the doors then were wide open to any other kind of attack on my health systems environmentally chemically emotionally, foods, viruses, you name it, and I was susceptible. Niali, uh, we only have a few minutes left. I want people to know a little bit more about what you're busy doing now, but I'm just curious real quick, how did you find me on the Internet? How did you run into my work? Honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe it was an algorithm thing. Maybe it was algorithms so me searching on the liver and then you came up on Facebook possibly. I honestly okay. don't remember. But I'll tell you just very briefly some of the things that from your, from your liver docuseries. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't watched or listened to that much, but I found the little bit that I have done is in, has given me invaluable results and traction. So I listened to the interview. So a couple of the interviews I listened to, the one was with Dr. Bert. Berkson? Yeah, Dr. Bert Berkson, yep. Yeah, about vitamin C and ALA. Yes. Another one was Denise uh, Otten about Denise Otten, right? yep. her, her daughter's recovery from autoimmune disease and going an alternative route. Sure. Um, some of the PDFs that I read, I've made a note, Dr. Jiva's, Dr. Jocker's liver and uh, yep. the guide, yep. liver cleanse, milk thistle, vitamin C. Yep. Um, the course gave me condensed specific information and understanding on how to approach my own liver um, and then to be able to create my own specific bespoke protocol and, and then purchasing supplements from yourselves. Absolutely invaluable. Even from the UK, the quality of your products are amazing, but even though from the UK, the price was better than buying stuff. Wow. Listen, I appreciate it. I'm glad that it all helped you, Niali. 
the reason why I had you on is because I feel like the best coaches are people that have been through a lot that can actually talk to people from the heart in an intellectual way. And I know that's kind of what you're doing now. So if people want to learn a little bit more about you, they want to get in touch with you, they want to talk to you about their health issues as well. I know you're prepared for that, but just tell people how they can, you know, what you do and how they can get in touch with you, you know? Fantastic. Thank you, Jonathan. So I'm a renowned international leadership and transformation coach, and I specialize in health and well-being. Uh, my clients essentially are fun, they're inspiring, and they're committed to change. And they understand the need for and are ready to make a commitment to improve their lives. And if people aren't ready and, and they don't understand the, the value of commitment, there's only a li there's a limit to what they're going to be able to do for themselves. So it's really important. And if people want to make contact with me, they're welcome to email me at nialifm at btinternet.com. That's N-Y-A-L-I-F for Foxtrot, M for Mike, at btinternet.com. Thank you. That's perfect, Niali. And uh, thank you for sharing what you've gone through. And like I said before, it wasn't really a joke. I meant it. Social media can be a really good thing if you want it to be. And I'm glad we got a chance to connect. And I'm glad you're doing so much better. And I know you're going to be a lot of help to a lot of other people, too. So thanks for being with us. Thank you. It's been an absolute, an absolute blessing and a joy. Thank you, Jonathan. And uh, if I can be of service, you know, I'm here. Take care. Thank you. Bye for now.